you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Get your Bibles, get your Bibles. Whether digital or soft copy or physical, it's okay. But I would like you to just get your Bibles. And also get your notepads ready. And today, I'll be teaching something very, very, very simple. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I want us to go all the way to verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. And I'll be sharing on one of the keys that, to be honest, has helped me all my life. And... I believe it's the key to destiny, it's the key to ministry, it's the key to all those things. So let's let's read it. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know how many people here have been looking for a purpose or you've been looking for a calling. There you go. I don't know why we've moved. It's nine. So God is faithful and by him we've been called into fellowship with his son. Now, a calling is not as complicated as we think. A calling is simply a summoning. And every believer has a calling. Now, without going into several other callings that we have, the main one I would like to discuss is the fact that we've all been called into fellowship. We've been called into fellowship. A calling is a summoning. And you notice Jesus giving several callings in the Bible. Have you noticed that? Let me show you. Um, give me Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Notice, Matthew 10 and verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's a calling. He's calling, he's summoning. He's saying, come over here. And in particular, he was saying, if you're, if, you're, if you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. So it's a calling, it's a summoning. Praise God. And I would like you to see also John chapter 7. And I would like you to see verse 37, 38, 39. You notice Jesus giving a calling. And 
Yeah, John 7, 38, 37, 38, 39. On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If you read from another version, it actually says he cried out in a loud voice. So can you imagine everyone's at the festival and Jesus goes and in a loud voice shouts, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. I wonder what those people were thinking. And look at what he says next. He says, for he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly or out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Praise God. And if you read the next verse, it says, by this he was talking about the Holy Spirit. So we've been called into fellowship with his son. Now, let me give you a primary example of a calling. When you came to the University of Zambia, you were given an acceptance letter. That was a calling. That was a calling. The moment you were given that acceptance letter, you had a calling to be an UNSA student. For those who are joining us from other institutions, just where I put UNSA, just put your institution. Praise God. <laughs> okay. But the moment you got that acceptance letter, you had a calling. I still remember uh, when I knew I, was, I had made it to Onza, I was working by then. I think I should have been about 16, 17. And I was, I was by the office. And one of my friends called me. And he said, hi, um, I've got some sad news. I didn't make it. And before I could say, like, I'm 40, I asked, what about me? Did you, <laughs> did you check for me? And he says, yes, your name is there. So, you know, half of my lips were smiling <laughs> because my name was there. And then the other part was sad. To be honest, I was more happy than sad at that moment. I, I really wanted to come to Onza. And I'll never forget my step changed. When I was on my way home, my step changed. I was not walking like the way I walked uh, when going for work. Because, I mean, as far as I was concerned, I was at the highest learning institution in Zambia. I'd never attended a single class by then. Probably didn't even know most of the courses. Hadn't even yet applied for the most beloved BC. But at that point, I had a calling. I was called by the senator through writing. Now, here's the thing. Moving on, my first days here, I still remember them, came here 05. I don't know why no one told me that you can do that thing even a week or two later. I was here 05 in the lines for no apparent reason. Someone should have told me. And came here 05, and you know, we started our lessons, I think, two or three weeks later. And in our first class, our lecturer said something, and when he spoke, he asked for you know, he, he asked for an opinion. And you know some of us fresh from, uh, you know, some material boys. And, you know, material boys, they make you believe you're the best. So I wanted to be one of the first people to answer. My goodness, his thoughts about my answer up to now still give me shivers. <laughs> he humbled me. I kept quiet in class for the next few months. <laughs> and, you know, he just humbled me. And he says, that's grade 12 thinking. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's what he told me. 
Now, as the years went by and I got to interact with and fellowship with the assignments and fellowship with the lecturers and fellowship with the tutors and fellowship with the exams, you start seeing that you're becoming more like what's in it. Haven't you noticed after one or two years, even the way you speak changes? You suddenly start using words in your vocabulary which weren't there before. Why? Because you've had some fellowship. Now, then there's that guy who's got the same calling as you, but never attends class. I'm not talking about that guy who never, that legend, you know, because, you know, there are, there are levels. There's that legend who's always playing FIFA. We're not talking about that one because I don't know how that guy always passes. But then there's that guy who, you're at the same institution. They can't define anything. They can't compare and contrast anything. They can't describe anything. I hope I'm not discouraging you before exams. They can't, there's nothing they know such that if you got them and you got another person in grade 12, there's no difference. But one has the calling. The other one doesn't. What's going on there? They've not followed up on that summoning. They've not followed up on it. And I can tell you. I can tell you something. When we get saved, there's a divine summoning into fellowship. You can see that from John 1. Eh? Look at John 1. And look at verse, verse 11 and 12. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Don't do that to me. I've come to my own today. Praise God. <laughs> verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called children of God those who believe in his but then you find it interesting uh, verse 13 children not born of flesh and blood nor of the will of a man but born of God right now you find it interesting when you go to Romans 8 14 it says something in John 1 it's given a picture of the whole world and then from the world there are certain people who've chosen to believe him and those people out of the whole world have been given the right to be called children of God. That's why not everyone in the world is a child of God. Not so. But then when you go to Romans 8, 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, here the picture is given, it's a bit different. Now it's given a picture of people who are already called to be children of God. But of them, some have decided to cooperate and be led by the Spirit. And for those, those are now called sons. Those are now the mature ones. So, I'm telling you, you've got a choice. You can be like that one who gets to fellowship and interact with Deuteronomy and Romans and Galatians. Or you can find yourself being a believer by name, having a feeling of being a believer, being nice every now and then, attending a meeting like this, and having one or two gospel songs on your phone. But then no difference between you and the person from the world. No difference. And usually, let me tell you how you can tell when there's no difference or when you're struggling in that area. Usually, any person you see being a devoted believer, you start giving them funny nicknames. Abusa Muripanji. Hey. Virgin Mary, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know why people do that? Do you know why they nickname others Abusa? They are trying to say this standard you've set is too high. This one is for pastors. Me, I'm just an ordinary believer. I'm not supposed to live like this. But we came to correct that tonight. <laughs> Praise God. And so, the sermon is entitled "Cord into Fellowship. Cord into Fellowship. Okay? Now, let's, let's digest this a little. The Greek word for fellowship, you know, whenever I say a Greek word, it feels very cliche because <laughs> I saw a photo the other day. Somebody was saying, uh, everybody says they want to marry a pastor until he wakes you up at zero two to tell you the Greek word for cereal. <laughs> so whenever I say the Greek word, it feels so good. Eh? And the Greek word <laughs> for fellowship is very simple. It's a word koinonia. Whether I've pronounced it right or not, we'll never know. Quite frankly, we'll never really know. Let's just go with my pronunciation of it. Eh? The Greek word is koinonia. And why I've gone to the Greek is because English can be very limited. English can be a very limited language. I mean, there are more words in Greek than in English. So sometimes the same word is used to describe different things. And that Greek word, koinonia, is talking about knowing. It's talking about oneness. It's talking about intercourse. It's, it's, it's a oneness. It's a tying together. And that's what we've been called into. We've been called into oneness. We've been called into fellowship. Understanding that will change your whole perspective of Christianity. It will change your whole perspective. Your entire perspective will change. Suddenly you start thinking, can Jesus fail an exam? Then I've been called into oneness with Jesus. I'm telling you things I practice. I'm telling you things I, I practice. Last year or the other year, I don't remember. I was, um, I was in Kenya. I was in mission work. And the work there was something else. By that I mean I was needed for meetings in the morning. I was needed for meetings in the afternoon and in the evening. So I barely had any time to myself. And then during those in-between times, people want to talk to you. Others want counseling. Others just want to chill. So I would get 10 minutes to myself sometimes, 20 minutes. I remember when we went to a more rural part of Kenya, there it was worse. They wanted us to hold. We had four meetings in one day. Can you imagine that? Four meetings in one day. They had such hunger for God. And interestingly, very few of them could speak English. Very few. But the hunger for God just grew and grew and grew. And I remember when we were coming for the afternoon session, I asked this other people who were preaching saying, can I have like 30 minutes in the car? I'll come out. You know what I wanted to do in those 30 minutes? My dissertation. I'm telling you, I, only had, I would have like 30 minutes a day to be able to work on that. I still remember because while doing it, I dozed off. 
and then woke up thinking the world has ended. And then I walked into the meeting like drowsy, not knowing that as I was walking into the meeting, the person who was preaching had called somebody who was on crutches to the front and then said, there's a man of God from Zambia. Him when he prays for you. I'm telling you. So I'm walking in and then he says, ah, there he is. So I'm wondering what's going on. Praise God. I'm wondering what's going on. And I go to the front, Grogi, and he says, I know you can pray for her. And so, you know, I, I, I remember praying for her. And what woke me up really was the shouts from everyone. That's when I realized, oh, okay, <laughs> it's not a dream. But what I'm trying to say is there is something that happens when you come to an understanding of this fellowship, this oneness, which you've been called into. But you have to be an active participator. You have to attend the classes. You have to interact with the word. Otherwise, you'll be just like anybody else. Praise God. So let's have one or two scriptures. I gave my life to Christ when I was about 14 years old. And as you go to Exodus 3 verse 6, it was in a unique way. I'll tell you how it happened. Um, I was honestly just like everybody who I considered normal at the time. And I was not into, by that period I stopped really being into church things. I remember someone stopping me to preach and I laughed at them. I was wondering why are they wasting their time. And I was on a bus one day and I heard the Lord speaking to me. People have asked, what did he say? How did his voice sound like? Sounded like the Lord. And the first thing that I experienced was the conviction presence of God. You know how the conviction presence of God works? You suddenly run out of excuses. You know what's wrong is wrong. You run out of excuses. Suddenly that excuses just won't cut it anymore. And I've seen it before even in meetings like this. And from then on, I was very born again, but still very carnal. Because I didn't know much. Still thinking just like everybody else. And the biggest thing I would rely on is what a preacher said. That's why if you get an opportunity to preach, you must really take it seriously. And you'll notice that when God is starting to relate to somebody, most of the times, people feed off the relationship of somebody else. Notice Exodus 3 verse 6. The Bible says, this is God speaking to Moses, God's first encounter with Moses. And the Bible says, moreover he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now, have you ever been in that position where you genuinely believe God is with a certain person. There are certain people who you know God is with. But you may not necessarily have that same faith that the way he's with them, he's with you. Most of the times, we feed off sometimes the relationships of other people. Especially in the beginning phase. So you notice that God's first interaction with Moses was, look, I'm the God of that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. 
but it didn't end there. When you go to Numbers 12, you observe that God gives a CV of Moses in verse 6. You notice God says, hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I the Lord make myself known to him in a vision, in a dream. But this is not so with my servant Moses. He doesn't say this is not so with Abraham's great, 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 great grandson. Suddenly God has got a personal attachment to Moses. He says, this is not so with my servant, Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? What am I trying to say? You can graduate even in your relationship. <laughs> Praise God. Haven't you ever been in a situation where you... You hang out the two of you. Then there's a mutual friend. So you're introduced. So if you're the three of you, that, that middle person must be in. And then that middle person gets shocked. One day they just see photos of you together at the cinema. What has happened? You've now grown your personal relationship with that person. Praise God. Who's ever been in that position? <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> like, you guys went without me, but I introduced you. <laughs> They even have funny nicknames for each other. <laughs> and what I'm trying to say is that it can graduate. God's aim is not for your relationship with him to be through me, for example, or through your chair. No, that's not his aim. That's not his aim. When we stand before you to teach and preach the word of God, it's supposed to improve your personal relationship with him. God's aim is not for you to only be able to pray when you're in a meeting like this. He wants you to be able to do it all the time. God's aim for you is not to, for you to live your whole life being in the healing line. He wants you to be able to heal others. God has called us into fellowship. Fellowship with his son. And you know what happens when you fellowship with him? You become more like him. You become more like him. I read something funny one day. Um, have you ever noticed a lot of people when they've been married for some time, they look alike? Yeah, so be careful. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Now, I was trying to read the reasons why that happens. And apparently, one of the reasons why that happens is the more you interact with someone, your face starts to imitate them. So your face starts imitating the way they laugh, their gestures. So before you know it, your body sometimes starts shaping up similar to them. And haven't you noticed that there are certain things which are passed on? Have you ever seen a certain person used to laugh like this? Ha, ha, ha. And then they come to Unza and three months later, he, he, he. And you're wondering why. First thing you should do is check the roommate. Check the roommate and check the way the roommate laughs. Especially laughs. If you've noticed, laughs are very easy to pass on. Very easy to pass on. Praise God. Now, imagine fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus. <laughs> And 
and you, you know what? For the Lord Jesus, it's not even, it's not from a distance. There is no veil. There is no limitation. He's on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit. What could be better than that? What could be better than that? And you know something? With him, it becomes very evident. I, not long after getting saved, I started preaching. And when I first started preaching, the biggest struggle was no one wanted to listen to a 16 year old. I wasn't invited to places, I used to invite myself. I would invite myself. If I know you, I'll say, Go tell your, your older sister, your parent, that there's a man of God coming to see them. Then when I walk in, they'll be like, it's the man of God. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what used to happen? I, and you know, I've been doing this thing for 10, 11 years. I still get it today. Not long ago, this person walks into my office, police officer, and they walked in, and they were so disappointed. You could see it on their face. Because, you know, they were given high recommendations. You know, like, there's someone I want you to go see. And they came in, and they're like... <laughs> As if they couldn't even hide it. You know, there's that, there's that hiding you can do. They're like, you're the one. I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not actually done. And you know, they told me, um, well, how am I going to talk to you about these issues? You know, you're so young. And they yeah, I'm young. Anyways, and you know, that anyways, for they've wasted their time, they came all the way. Five minutes later, my goodness, brr, whole life history. Why? Because when you fellowship with him, when you feel, there's a oneness. There's a oneness. Praise God. Let's have one or two more scriptures. Here's what happens when you fellowship with him. Praise God. By the way, um, if there is something I admire about Moses is that when you read the book of Revelations, have you noticed the Bible even says and heaven sang the song of Moses. You know how we all want to sing songs of heaven? In heaven they sing the song of Moses. That's what the Bible says. And probably that's the song. Which, is that the Exodus? It should be the Exodus 12 song, right? The one where he says, uh, waking wonders every hour and all that stuff. Heaven sings it. Now, what happens when you know God? I'll just give you one or two verses and just tell you what happens. God knowing God will make you strong. Daniel 11 verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. When I was about that same period of time, 15, 16, there's this guy who came to me and said, you're just doing these things now. Wait until you're somewhere 18. When you go to university, you will find girls who bath. My goodness, I came out of Unza a pastor and those same girls who bath would preach to them. Praise God. And, and you know, I had, I had a lot. 
I hope I don't know if we have chairpersons here, future chairpersons. I had a lot of funny stories. There was one time someone came for a meeting, so you know, afterwards I shared the word with them. Then I asked to meet them because they really needed help, and I shared the word. So I, I noticed they were being a bit, you know, being very rude and all that. And I just continued sharing the word. So a few months later, they came to me and said, "Do you know how I was very rude?" I said, "Why?" And they said, "You know, every time I would go for a fellowship, after fellowship there will be a brother who will come and say he wants to share the word." Three days later, the story will change. No. <laughs> and ABCD. But there's something about knowing God that makes you strong. You can't. Listen. Peer pressure. How can I put it? See, it's different. There's, here are people from the outside saying we should do this. And then there's someone from the inside roaring. They... There are just certain things you can't succumb to if you know God. Praise God. And I'm talking about that personal knowing. We can't finish it in one sermon. But of course, by the time we're done, at least I'd have given you a picture of how to. But there's, there's this stamina that comes. It's this stamina. Like, I mean, life can give you one, two, three blows. And you say, is that all you've got? It's, it's this, there's this forcefulness that comes. There's this strength that comes. Because it says they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. They shall do exploits. Glorious things will be spoken of them. They do exploits. Praise God. Haven't you seen in the scriptures when Jesus said, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Right? As I go to the next verse, please ask your neighbor how many demons have cast out this year. Just come on. How many decide? <laughs> it's your inheritance, my friend. It's your inheritance. It's yours. They shall be strong, they shall do exploits. And when you read it from Isaiah 40 and verse 29, I want you to see this. Let me show you from verse 28. And we say they shall be strong. Let me just show you from verse 28. Isaiah 40 from verse 28. The Bible says, uh-huh. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? Neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So in short, if it was the Lord God in that situation that you're in, he's not going to faint. He's not going to grow weary. Praise God. Then look at verse 29. He gives power to the weak. Praise God, he didn't get it back. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. You may have come to this meeting at literally your wit's end. You may have come to this meeting, um, who knows, you may even be screaming with everyone, but that's literally like the last jot of strength. I know what I'm talking about. I remember one time I was on a bus going home. And this gentleman says, excuse me, you're Frederick, right? I said, yes. And he says, I came to one of your meetings some months ago. And at that meeting, there's a certain miracle that happened that I really got criticized about. I was seriously criticized. Because you know, some people were taking a video and all that stuff. Others were saying, we paid people to do it. I was thinking, praise God, we've got that much money I was just saying, I receive. <laughs> and then others thought, 
it was too crazy to be of God. I don't know. People have got a lot of respect. Anything supernatural, they think it's of Satan. And then this guy says, there's a miracle that happened. And I'd come to that meeting and on my way, I'd say to myself that if nothing, if I don't see something, just something unusual, I'm going to take my life. And he said, he walked up and I was thinking, who's this person? And before preaching, God used you to work that miracle. And he told me how he had walked to the front to see it for himself. And that's why he was still alive that day. <laughs> Praise God. So you may have come here and you are perhaps at your last jot of strength. Maybe the pressure has gotten to you from different sources. Maybe you had a heartbreak. Why is everyone finding that part funny? <laughs> the invasion of Zambia, these things happen. <laughs> and then maybe today as you're on your way here, you even saw them walking in lover's lane. Well, you're on your way for church. Maybe there's something going on with the family, something going on with the mind, something going on with the heart. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. You're going to see how shortly. Look at the next verse. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. What this verse means, youths in the Bible always symbolize those who are strong. The Bible says the glory of a young man is his strength. Praise God. That's the real reason why the brothers are always carrying chairs after church. It's not to impress the sisters. It's just that the glory of a young man is his strength. Praise God. And so no matter how strong a person is, yeah, those people, even, everyone says, ah, this person is strong. This person is tough. This one, ah, you things don't affect you. And like, there is a place where that strength fades. What, look at Peter. Everybody says Peter was a coward. I don't think so. If he was a coward, he wouldn't have sliced that guy's ear. His strength just failed. It reached, it reached its wit's end. And you may be at that place right now. But look at the next verse. But... You see, there is a distinction. Everyone may reach their wit's end, but there is a certain class of people. The Bible says those that wait on the Lord. And the word wait there, the word wait, if you read it in its original (laughs) Hebrew context, it's like tying together. It's this fellowship. It's fellowship. It's knowing. It's knowing. What happens? They shall renew their strength. In short, they move from walking in their own strength to walking in the strength of God. And this is a God who does not faint. This is a God who doesn't grow weary. Haven't you ever met those people? You're going to encourage them. You live encouraged. There is this source of strength. Praise God. There is this supernatural stamina and strength. And then, look at what happens when they renew their strength. They mount up with wings like eagles. You know what eagles do? Eagles go on a mountain. And then they wait for the perfect wind. And then they allow it to carry them. From that you can see something. When a person's strength is renewed, even their discernment goes up. Suddenly they can make the right decisions. They know what to do. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they are walking in the God kind of strength. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as I'm closing, I want you to understand that the reason I'm so passionate about us knowing God is because that's actually Jesus' definition of eternal life. When you go to John chapter 17 and you read from verse 2 and especially verse 3, when Jesus was praying for you and for you and for you and for you over there, also for you and for me. Notice in John 17 verse 2, praise God. The Bible says, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying, look, this son of God, he's talking about himself. You've given him eternal life. You've given him authority to give eternal life to anyone. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, and I want us to read it together. One, two, three, read. That they may know you. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's how he describes it. That's how he describes it. And that's why the Apostle Paul, despite being in ministry for many years, having written, I don't know, three quarters of the New Testament, in his ending years, look at what he says. Is it in Philippians 3? Is it verse 10, 10, 11? Look at what he says. Praise the Lord. Then we'll have one last verse and we can pray. Philippians 3. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul wanted to know everything about him. He even wanted to suffer with him. Praise God. I don't know about you. But sometimes, don't you enjoy it? Sometimes when they come to class and they laugh and they say, you born again. They say, yeah, thank you, Lord. I'm sharing in the fellowship of your sufferings. I'm being counted among those who are being laughed at for my faith. Praise God. God wants a church in which everyone knows him. Everyone must know him personally. That's why he sent Jesus. Look at Hebrews um, our final verse. Look at Hebrews chapter number 8 from verse 10. God made a deal with Jesus. That there's a covenant that was made. And this covenant is for our glory. And it says, for this is a covenant I will make with those of the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God personally and they shall be my people. Look at the next verse. None of them shall teach his neighbor and his brother. Notice the teaching that they won't have to do. Saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the to the greatest of them. All of them. No one will be able to say they don't have their personal relationship. No one will be able to say they don't have their personal encounter. And you know my encouragement to you, if somebody is saying, okay, Apostle, you've spoken enough. How can I do this? First, if you're not born again, you have to get born again today. And by the way, if you're not born again, it's very easy to know. 
it's very easy to know. You can tell by how you live your life. And you tell because when you're saved, there is an assurance, there is a knowing that if Jesus came, you're making it. If you're not sure about that, today when we do the order call, you must come. If you're not sure, you must come. Because I'm telling you, that's something you would want to secure. Praise God. You don't leave those things to chance. Don't be like that student who doesn't go to verify before exams. Don't be like that guy who didn't verify before exams. He might find himself getting the shock of his life. If we we can verify an exam number, how much more verifying whether our names are in the book of life? And then secondly, you have to make time for him. You have to make deliberate time. Because, listen, imagine I came to you today. Imagine I came to you today and I told you everything, everything that I know about Lastings. That doesn't make you and Lastings best friends. You might know everything about him, but you don't know him. Because there's a difference between when a person hears things from somebody else and when you have your own conversation. Perhaps that's why people get offended when they tell you something in confidence and you also go tell somebody else in confidence who also tells somebody else in confidence. Praise God. And then they also confident, eventually somebody also in confidence goes to tell the first person. Because what they are saying is, look, they don't know me, so they don't deserve to know A, B, C, D. They don't have a personal relationship with me. Don't be like the Israelites who only knew the works of God, but they didn't know the ways of God. They didn't know him personally. It's beyond head knowledge. It's annoying why you know here. And no one can detach you from it. No one can talk you out of it. No lecturer can talk you out of it. Even if someone comes and, because you know how some, sometimes some of those guys are, someone will come and, hey, this is no good. They can't talk. You're too far gone. It's as good as somebody coming to me and saying, you're not Frederick. I'm Frederick. I know my name. I don't need to believe my name. I know it. It's beyond believing. Praise God. You have to make time for him. And another thing I must assure you, which is something sometimes we don't do well, especially in these spaces, you have to come out of that box. You have to come out of that comfort zone. I can imagine there are one or two people here who are uncomfortable because during praise, Either the person next to you was, he tell my life. And they're thinking, this person. And yet, when their football team is playing, they are the same person. They're out of their comfort zone for their football team. But there's an issue with being out of your comfort zone for God. You have to step out of that box. Step out of it. Listen, the days of being ashamed must be long gone. I I, I don't know why we struggle, why we struggle to openly show our affection for someone who created us and sent his son to die for us. All because we're afraid of what a human being who's also created, who's got eyes like you and blood like you will think. I'm serious. Someone doesn't mind identifying with a musician. 
but they don't want to look too spiritual. I don't know about you. For me, that ship has sailed. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to step out of that box. Listen to me. Somebody listening to me. This could be that moment where you just step out of that box. For me, when I got saved, for a while, I was still in a box. I remember even when I said praying in tongues, I didn't want people to know. I thought they would see me as too spiritual and it would lessen my chances of impressing one or two ladies who the way we think sometimes that's what I was thinking they'll be thinking "Ah, that guy was too spiritual and then they'll start calling you brother Fred I didn't want to be called brother Fred (laughs) in that moment because my picture and then you know what God started taking me through processes Sometimes it would seem a bit... I remember one time we had a youth camp and I remember hearing the Lord saying, go around the church seven times just praying. And so I was doing it like this. Man. Hey, then eventually the spirit overwhelmed me. And I was loud. And everyone was looking at me. I still remember. I'm not talking about worldly people. Church people like, yeah, a food therapist. And then God said doing that and from that time on, there are certain things he just started exposing me to. And so suddenly I started wanting to identify with the brothers and others. And crazy things. I remember one time we had a, we had a camp. Everyone was sleeping. Then you know those who decide us were staying to pray. I joined them that day. And we were outside and there was no fence. And we were praying, going around. Because they didn't want anyone to sleep. And as we were praying, going around, I remember there were some people who, there were some demons that manifested. And by then, I didn't know how those things were, so I was afraid. I thought they would look for the weakest person and enter them. So in my head, I knew it was either me or a certain guy. <laughs> I even identified who. And they saying, Lord, please, may it not be me. I'm too cool for that. What do people think of me? And, you know, we're going around and around. And I remember at one point, the person with the demon spirit charged at me, like ran at me. And I was thinking, Lilo. And the way the tongues just came out. And you know what? You know what? Something. There is something about stepping out of a comfort zone. Something in me broke. I remember the person went on the ground and I followed them. I said, hey, let me out. If I was, if I was to tell you the rest of what happened that night, I don't think you'd believe me because after a while, there was a man who walked up to us physically. He was in white uh, and he just walked up and stood over there. We were wondering what was going on. At the moment he stood, all the demons just left and he just turned around and walked out. So the next day when we were explaining to the pastor, then he began to explain to us how angels operate. There's something about stepping out of the comfort zone. And you know something? 
sometimes that's where people miss it let me ask this final question when Jesus was leaving how many disciples did he leave have you ever read in 1 Corinthians 11 that there were over 500 that he appeared to you've, you've seen that right 1 Corinthians 11 when Paul teaches on the communion he said he appeared to over 500 brethren at once but when you read Acts chapter 2 how many of them were in the upper room 120 where were the rest of the 380 maybe someone along the way got bored maybe someone along the way began to think they were overdoing it but then there are those praise God there are those who are saying Lord everything you have I want it I want it I want it and I'll tell you something for me there are certain things I never got to experience until I began to want them badly the Bible does not lie scripture can't be broken blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled and the reason God sent me to preach this message to you tonight is because he's calling you it's because he's been waiting for you he's been waiting listen have you ever read in Revelations where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock? You know, usually we refer that to unbelievers and we can. But are you aware that that was written to Christians? Imagine, believers, and Jesus was still knocking at their door. Still knocking, still knocking. And he's saying, listen, if anyone lets me in, I'll come and we can have fellowship. They can know me. I can know them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. You may have had a bad past. You may have been everywhere. Yeah, the one God is calling. He still wants you. Listen to me. The Mary Magdalene who people were laughing at ended up being the first person who saw Jesus when he resurrected. So it doesn't even matter how the past is. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a question. We are done with the sermon, by the way. We are done, we are done, we are done. Let's go. Now, for a moment, I want you to take your seats just for a moment. We're just going to do something quickly, then we'll pray. But it would be wrong of me to not give somebody an opportunity to give their lives to the Lord today. No, Unza is not the place to come and get spoiled. It's a place to come and know God. I want to give an opportunity to somebody. And I don't want you to do it privately. Because Jesus would call people publicly. There's somebody here who, you may be like me, maybe you grew up in the church, but you know you've not given your life to the Lord. Others, perhaps you've backslidden. And you know, if the Lord Jesus came today, your status in heaven is very questionable. Don't go to heaven by mathematics. Hoping you put on a t-shirt, just barely made it. There's a better way. There's a more sure way. You can make your election sure. 
and if the spirit of God is convicting you don't resist this is that moment so if there's anyone here who's saying pastor that's for me I want to publicly proclaim Jesus as my Lord I would like you to raise your hand from where you are I'll give you a moment I'll ask you just to raise your hands and I want you to say after me say Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God I confess you as Lord from this day forth you are Lord over my life Amen your hands lifted and in the name of Jesus I pray over you receive that touch of the Holy Spirit receive that touch from the Holy Spirit in Jesus name in Jesus name just allow him just allow him service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.